This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 173 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. We also have our producer, Glenn, here with us, as usual. Hi, guys. Hey, I have a question for you to start off the show today. Sure. Uh, hey. They just came out with something new, which I, I thought was kind of cool. You've heard of fantasy football and fantasy baseball, right? Yes. Uh, I, have a, I have a fantasy football team. It's Do you good. really? Yeah, of course. Uh, oh. I think Travis does. I, I, I no, I don't. But that's okay. What's up? Well, they just <laughs> came out with fantasy horse racing. Where really? Yeah, it's kind of cool. They <gasps> actually have a thousand horses, a hundred jockeys, and a hundred trainers. And you pick each. I think each weekend you pick like twelve horses, and you pick the trainers and the jockeys, and or fifteen horses, two trainers, and two jockeys, and you build a stable. And then you follow them using the actual results of those horses in the races that are coming up. And you actually do your own virtual. So that led me to think, what about virtual dressage? Well, I mean, wasn't it Colbert who talked about your your, uh, equestrian fantasy team or something i mean you, maybe yeah, maybe we should do yeah, that it's, so it's time we can some horses create and we some, can make millions off of virtual dressage what do you think i love it i love it i love it <laughs> just not sure there's Let's enough you know enough <laughs> riders and horses around and, and sometimes <laughs> look at him getting all negative are, on us <laughs> yeah i'm not negative, positive, I'm not negative. Philip. I'm just, i've already thought this through <laughs> I'm, I'm already three steps ahead of glenn and you know like if you get you get you know a top horse you're just gonna you're just gonna run over everybody every week. I think we're gonna have to try this over on the horses in the morning show because Jamie and I cover racing some, and we have uh, guests <laughs> on about racing. So we're gonna I it's myfantasystable.com, it. and uh, you, you know we're gonna maybe have to give that a try. And and I thought what we could do is compete against each other here. Uh, so Jamie yeah. picks her team. I want to play pick too. Ours. You want to play too? Yes. <laughs> we should all do Kentucky it. breads. Everybody, all Kentucky breads. That's all I got to say. Get oh, we can, it, uh, we can do it. We can do it. The horses in the morning hosts against the dressage hosts. Oh, I love it. Philip would be the, so I good. I got a football team that you know takes up a lot of time. Now I got to get the horse thing. I'm never going to sleep. <laughs> Philip is so negative. Oh, oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, boy, so covered I'm in. Subject. Count me in. I just all I got to say is I am the luckiest girl on the planet, haha, um, that I work with all men on the Dressage Radio Show. And normally, I work with all ladies. So, you know, I'm not going to say any more, boys. And good-looking guys, too. Of course. And, and, and I like fun. to have a little male backup once in a while. That's what I am enjoying. You know? <laughs> I, I think, Philip, you probably have somebody deserve- else who's going to agree with me instead of having to disagree <laughs> with everybody. Over time. Yeah, everybody should really hear what, we, what goes on uh, uh, before no. and after the show. Uh, that's what they should really oh, hear. Please. And they would pity poor Reese. They would, they would yeah. pity me. Well, exactly we talk about right. the Horse Husbands Unite Facebook page a lot. Yeah. You know? Yes, yeah. ladies, like, have you heard of this? The Horse Husbands Unite. And uh, <laughs> Glenn started it, and I think all the boys are. Well, I'm glad, guys, because you deserve a little fun. Let's face true. it. So. We deserve pretty uh-huh. pictures. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so not to change the subject, since we are a uh, family fun show, Um we have a great show today, and, and actually, we started w- thinking about the show because we had a listener, um, 
uh, email us about fundraising. And, and so I decided, and Philip, we decided that the to talk about the Dressage Foundation and some of the options that are out there for people for fundraising and different things. So we have Melissa Philippi, who's the uh, Director of Development of the Dressage Foundation. And then we have Catherine, Catherine Chamberlain on the show, and she was part of the Olympic Dream Program. So both are great guests, and um, I think we'll learn a lot about some of the options that are available uh, to riders. In the U.S., I'm sorry, Philip. It's a U.S. program, I think. I know, I know. But I was looking on, you know, the the trip that those that those uh, young riders took, and it seems really amazing. You know, maybe Canada will catch up sometime and have a, a fundraising um, thing like like the Dressage Foundation to provide people with opportunities and stuff. And so, um, I think that's great, and uh, and I think we're going to have some great interviews and uh, hopefully help help people. Yeah, absolutely. And the fundraising school that Melissa will talk about a little bit, I think, is an international program. I think that that would be something that you guys could do. So, oh, perfect. I know. So, and in after the, news- the interviews, after the yeah. interview, oh, I forgot. We, yeah, we have a Reese and Philip training tip. I guess uh, we got an email with a video and and a rider with um, some issues with a horse that she's riding and and doing some training on. So, uh, hopefully, we can help with that too. Yeah. And we're, we love it. So keep these uh, listener questions and comments coming in. They're really helpful when it comes to content. Uh, as we all know, there's not a ton going on right now in the horse world, in the dressage world. Everyone's uh, taking a little break before Florida. So it's really helpful. So thank you for, for all our listeners that have written in. We really appreciate it. And keep them coming. So uh, what's in the news, actually, is um, there is a conference that is going to go on in Florida in January. That's the 21st and 22nd. Right, and uh, Stephen yep. Peters and Scott Hassler is going to be are going to be featured trainers at this uh, at this conference. Exactly, and they have been guests on our show, and also we have been to a conference that they've held, and they are wonderful. It's um, the USDF, uh, I think it's FEI Trainers Conference, and it's it's wonderful. And um, in these trainers, there's a list of people that are eligible to go, and uh, absolutely I recommend it because they will be great. Now, will you be in Florida at that point, Reese? Yeah, and I'm planning on, on going. So, oh, cool. Okay. Lucky yeah. girl. I know. Philip, you're just going to have to come visit. Yeah, well, I'll maybe <laughs> just take a video or something if I can. Yeah, if I can. an illegal yeah. video. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right, an illegal video. But, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen them both train together, and they work wonderfully together, uh, Stefan and Scott, and uh, I think they have similar philosophies and stuff. So, really educational stuff. In other news, there's been a, a real change for FEI competitions held outside of Europe. There will no longer be allowed three um, home country judges in a, in a competition. I guess there was some controversy about that earlier um, this year due to riders qualifying for the Olympics uh, at competitions where home judges were the majority on the panel. So that's going to change January 1st. That won't be anymore and hopefully eliminate that kind of controversy. Yeah, it was the Dominican Republic riders. Um, they, I guess there was some issue, and unless there's some sort of natural disaster or something that happens, that can't happen. I guess at Sagardi's last week, it happened there were three American judges on the panel, but the judge had been in an accident or had been sick or something, so that's the only way that you can do that. So, Reese, what's that noise <laughs> in the background? 
Oh, that they we are just finishing up barn chores. We ended up uh, starting a little bit early with the show. Normally, we do it in uh, a little later in the evening, but it is uh, dinner time. I'm glad we stopped. The horses were fed before we started recording, but uh, the guys outside are blowing the barn. So uh. my office is in the barn. Literally, I'm like right next to the stall, right next to me. So I thought that's yeah. What that so that like. so I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I think sorry I about that. The sound of the, of the blower, <laughs> yeah. you know, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> So sorry about that, everybody. It got a little noisy, but but the guys are are past past my door now. So hopefully it'll get a little quiet. So apologize. That's that's life when you live in a barn. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, anyways, today we have Melissa Philippi from the Dressage Foundation on. She's the director of development. Uh, right after a commercial from KPP. Regular listeners to the show know that we love Kentucky Performance Products. And that's an easy thing to do because Kentucky Performance products stand behind their products and they believe in them. Your complete satisfaction is guaranteed. If you are unsatisfied with any of their products, they will gladly refund your money. Does your horse or pony get fat on air alone? Is he living in a dry lot or turned out with a muzzle? Can't feed him more than a handful of grain and some hay? Then you need microphase. Microphase is a great way to ensure your horse or pony gets all of the nutrients he needs to stay healthy without adding calories to his diet. Microphase contains the vitamins and trace minerals not found in grass or hay, and your horse will eat it right out of your hand. You can learn more about Microphase and all of the products from Kentucky Performance Products by visiting kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Check out Microphase. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Reese. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, thanks, and I want to get right to it. Can you tell us uh, and all our listeners what the Dressage Foundation is? You bet. Um, We are a nonprofit based in Lincoln, Nebraska, supporting dressage at all levels, all ages across the country. Basically, to put it simply, what we do is raise money, manage it, and then give it away. So donors make gifts to us. Those gifts are tax deductible as allowed by law. And everything that we do is really contingent upon having those generous donors supporting us. We then manage the money, whether it's part of our general operating fund or it's included in specific designated funds. And then we turn around and use it to run a few programs, as well as make numerous grants and scholarships available to dressage enthusiasts, whether they're riders, judges, instructors, whatever, at any level. We really do go from grassroots to high performance, from junior and young riders up through our Century Club. Now, Melissa, do you want to tell us some, about some of your programs? Certainly. We, we've got a lot of them. We've got a couple grants available for high-performance riders that a lot of people, I'm sure, are aware of. The Carol Lavelle Advanced Dressage Prizes are two annual $25,000 grants available to provide financial assistance for coaching and training. We've also got the Ann Barlow-Ramsey grant of 25000 that's really designed to showcase a talented American-bred horse ridden by a U.S. citizen, and that's for training and competing in Europe. For adult amateurs, we've got the Carol Lavelle Gifted Fund that offers nine $1,000 training scholarships, and just this year, we were able to offer two additional wildcard grants. So the selection committee will take a look at all those applications They can award one grant per region, and they can also give out two more if they just have some really good applicants that they really want to give one to. So that's really exciting for us to have that opportunity this year. 
For the young riders, we've got the Renee Isler Dressage Support Fund that can help them attend the USDF Junior Young Rider Clinic Series. Renee's fund also can provide grants to young riders or young professionals for a variety of other things. We've got our Olympic Dream Program that sends four young riders to Europe for 10 days, two weeks, to really see how the system works there, to meet the trainers, to meet their peers, to see some competitions. It's a really incredible program, and those kids are so fortunate to go, and it's, it's wonderful. We've also got a new fund that was just created thanks to a gift from Gordon Cadugan's estate. We will have the Captain John H. Jack Fritz Young Professionals Grants. There will be grants to individual young professionals, young riders, to help them cover the cost of attending the USDF Young Rider Graduate Program. And we know the next program isn't going to be in 2000, until 2014, but that will be something out there for people to look at for some help to get to it. We also provide grants to different nonprofit equestrian groups. Some of them are restricted to the USDF GMOs. Others are open to any nonprofit equestrian group. We've got the Vi Hopkins Fund that helps provide educational clinics or camps. The Continuing Education for Instructors Fund provides grants to GMOs for instructor education. It also provides grants to individuals for their instructor certification. There's the Sally Swift Memorial Fund for centered riding clinics, the Dancing Horse Fund for freestyle. We also provide support to USDF for their clinic series and the Young Rider Graduate Program as well as the continuing education for judges and the L Education Program graduates. So we do some straight to USDF. For instructors, there's also the Anders Lindgren scholarships that are available. And we do have one award, the USDF Region 9 Teaching Excellence Award. They apply, but it's a $5,000 grant, and it's not really restricted to any one thing. It's generally just continuing education for a great instructor in Region 9. For judges, we've got the Trip Harding Fund. We've also got the Elysium Farm Fund for breeders. We've got the Michael Poulin Fund that does a little bit of everything. We've got a lot of different programs and scholarships out there that people can apply to. And, and Melissa, you're so easy to talk to. You know, is is that what you recommend? If, if someone wants to apply for a grant, um, do should they just call the foundation? Should they call you? How does how does the how does it work? They can certainly go to our website, dressagefoundation.org, and all the information is there. It's under funds and programs, and we try to break it down by the group. So if it's young riders, adult amateurs, instructors, and anything that could possibly provide support for them is listed there. So they can find as much information as we've got is out there. The application instructions are out there. They can also call us. We're, Jenny and I in the office are happy to talk to anyone if they've got questions about the grant. We would much rather have them call us first before submitting an application that isn't quite right, whether it's something they misunderstood in the instructions or if there's just a better place for them to apply to. We'd much rather have them call us first than just send it in. Excellent. And, and Melissa, you also have um, the fundraising school. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? You bet. Um, it's, it just started this year and really got going in January. It's taken a couple of years to get that developed. It adds a new dimension to what we do because we're here really to raise the money and provide that support. So fundraising is a big part of what we do. 
we know that for a lot of people in dressage, money becomes a big hurdle. Who better to help people learn about fundraising than the Dressage Foundation? So Karen O'Field and John Boomer, they were co-founders of the school. They've really been instrumental in pulling the program together and getting it out to the equestrian marketplace. It's designed to teach communication, presentation, marketing, financial skills, as many aspects of fundraising as we can to the students. It's all web-based. They log in, listen to the lessons. There are some homework assignments to really help reinforce those lessons and give the students practical experience in what it is that they're trying to do. So sessions start in January and in July. The application is on our website. You can call me with any questions as well. I'm happy to talk to people, tell them a little more about the different lessons, what's involved with it. It's a really neat program, and the students who have gone through it so far have really enjoyed it. They've learned a lot. We're getting some great feedback from them. And, of course, we've got tremendous instructors. I believe one of them, I think her name is Reese. (laughs) Yeah, I was lucky. Yeah, it was fun. We've got instructors from across the country who are really good at what they do, and they're presenting lessons that focus on what they do. So we've got Gil Merrick does a lesson. And, of course, he's wonderful in the field. We've got people who have done a lot of fundraising that will talk about different types of gifts that you can do. Hillary Moore has done a lot of special events in her area, and she talks about doing special events. So it's, it's, we've really tried to get some people who are great at what they do to talk about how they did it and walk people through step-by-step. Now, is there a tip that you can give us today, maybe for our listeners, maybe a, a bit of a teaser about um, something from this fundraising school or some, something for somebody looking to, uh, to start fundraising? Sure. I would be happy to. We'll kind of start off where I think everybody should start. Figure out what you want to do and what it's going to take to accomplish that. And then put dollars to it. How much money is it going to take? What's a realistic time frame for it? Really, before you go out and talk to someone about providing financial support for whatever it is you want to do, you need to know what you're going to do with it, how that money is going to help you. Having a full plan and a budget to go with it is really the first place to start. We've got a financial advisor who talks about some key points with doing that budget and keeping track of everything. We all hate that word budget. Let's face it. That's never fun. (laughs) It's not fun. It's just a necessary evil. So, Melissa, I mean, the the fundraising school was developed not just for dressage riders, correct? That's correct. It's really geared towards any equestrian sport. There are things in there that could even go outside of the equestrian sport. There are some lessons that will help people just in general with any career they choose. There's a session specifically on communication skills. That works if you're fundraising for dressage. That works if you're fundraising for eventing. It also works if you're just going to college and planning to pursue a professional area. You need to learn those communication skills. It's great to have support for all those types of things. I mean, as dressage riders, we, we, we just kind of worry about riding a lot of the times, and there's so much more involved as when, when you turn to be a professional or, or when you get into top sport. It's, I think it's wonderful to have support for for working on all of the skills that uh, you can take with you through your life. But um, delving into the history, when was the Dressage Foundation started and how did it, uh, how did it get going? 
It was started in 1989 by Lowell Boomer. He was also one of the founders of USDF, so he was really kind of helping create two organizations, USDF that focuses on the educational side, and then the foundation, which really tried to focus on the funding side of everything to provide that financial boost for those who needed it. He happened to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's why we're still based here. And that, that's really where it all started, just his vision and talking to people, started raising money and setting up funds. And really, you know, Melissa, when you go on the website and you look at all the different um, grants, there are grants for everyone, really, from young riders, adult amateurs. Uh, and, and it's really something that that I think is, is kind of scary to apply for when you first look at it. But can you give us any tips for writing the grants or writing the applications? The first one would be to read through all of the instructions for applying and make sure you follow all of those instructions. If it says that it should be typed, type it. If it says handwritten, handwritten, fine. It's really follow those instructions because if you don't do all of that, sometimes that can be a reason that you're not awarded a grant. And if you have any questions, I know I said this before, I can't say it enough. If you're reading through it and you have any questions about the instructions or the process, call us first. Jenny and I are very nice people. We'll answer the questions whenever we can. Oh, you guys are wonderful and so, so very helpful. So I would really encourage everybody to go out there. If you have, uh, you want to go to the convention or you want to try to go to instructor certification or learner judges program, look at the foundation because a lot of the um, dates are coming up or soon or have already passed. So that's my, my, my advice. But Melissa and Jenny are awesome and, and really helpful. So Melissa, how do we find you on the web? It's really easy. Dressagefoundation.org. You can visit our website. All of our contact information is there as well. We're also on Facebook, and we do try to make sure that if there's a grant deadline coming up, we're posting on our Facebook page two to four weeks in advance to remind people that it's coming up. Anytime we have new information, we put it on our website and on our Facebook page. We do have a separate page for the Olympic Dream Program, so that's out there too. And the, the kids that went on that trip this year were great. They posted on their blogs, they posted back to the Facebook page so you could really follow along with what they were doing while they were there. You can also call our office. It's 402-434-8585. We are on Central Time, so if you're on the East or West Coast, just keep that in mind. We answer the phone. We're nice. We're happy to answer any questions people have. Well, great. Thanks so much. And I will, I will second that. They are wonderful and very, very helpful. So I hope this helps everyone uh, with some of their fundraising questions. Thanks, Melissa. Have a great day. And I'd like to introduce Catherine Chamberlain. She was um, part of the Olympic Dream Program from the Dressage Foundation right after this word from Equestrian Collections. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm here with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. This week, I'm talking about the Horse Happy-Go-Lucky Pony Backpack. It's back to school here in the Northeast, and I think probably all over the country. September is back to school uh, month, and this is the cutest little backpack I have ever seen. It actually looks like a horse. It is from our vendor, H-O-R-Z-E, Horse. 
and it's called a happy-go-lucky pony backpack. It looks like a pony. It's got a mane. It's got ears. It's got a little tongue hanging out. It's really cute. I think the younger kids would really love to carry this to their schools. And it's also kind of cute, even adults might find this cute, is to put something in at the barn or maybe even a helmet cover, which is what I was thinking of. So it's something to look at on our site under the vendor Horsey. We have an awful lot of their uh, brands up. We've just put a lot of new stuff up under that vendor. And look for the pony backpack. We have a lot of back-to-school items on our site, especially a lot of backpacks. We've just got everything from camouflage to this cute little pony backpack. So take a look. And you also have a ton of just kids stuff, whether it's for shows or riding or breeches or helmets. Uh, there is a whole bunch of kids stuff up there. So if you're looking for something for your child, Equestrian Collections is the place to go. And you can find him at equestriancollections.com. <laughs> Welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. So, Catherine, you were one of the um, participants in the Olympic Dream Program. But before we get into that, can you talk to us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm 17. I've been riding dressage since I was nine. um, And it's really just my lifelong passion. So I was really excited to be chosen for this program because I hope to do this professionally and, you know, hopefully one day go to the Olympics. So um, it was really just great going and seeing what it takes to be at the top of the sport and just the dedication and the level of hard work and um, the quality of horses. So it was really amazing. And it just motivated me even more to work on bettering myself and my horses and really reach my goals and dreams. So Catherine, tell us a little bit about the Olympic Dream Program. Um, Well, they select um, four young riders each year to go to Europe and pretty much go to all the top barns and see really what it's about. Uh, so this year we got to go to about 10 different places. Um, we went to visit Carlos Balkenhall and Hubert Schmidt, um, Monica, Theodore Rescue. Uh, we also got to go to the DOKR, which is the German Olympic Training Center. Um, and we went to the Third and Full Auction and really just um, all over the place. And it was really neat to see the different styles of training there and just the quality of horses and everything. And I think um, all of us girls were really inspired by it. Um, and I think it just gave us that extra motivation to come home and work with our own horses and get to the top of the sport and um, help others get there as well. You know, it really helps us uh, see the other trainers, um, what they were doing for their young riders and everything to get to the top. And it motivated me to help others like me to really achieve their dreams and do as much as we can um, to better the sport and our horses. What was your favorite part of the trip or your favorite place that you uh, visited? Um, I really liked going to the Schaffhoff where um, Anne Lusenhoff is and Martin Rack. Um, it's just a beautiful facility. They had a lot of amazing horses. All the riders were very lovely. Um, and just seeing, you know, it's their all, they own pretty much all of their horses themselves, and so it's very much a family business. Um, so just seeing the team camaraderie there and all the hard work they put into their own horses was really cool. Did you see Totalus? I have to ask. Yeah, we didn't see him training, but we got to go pet him in a stall and give him some apples and had some cuddle time, so that was really fun. Cute. I love it. I love it. So talk to who else went on the trip with you guys? It was um, Jenna Tant from Florida, um, Jacqueline Pepper from California, and then Nicole Del Giorno. I believe she's um, over maybe New Jersey, somewhere back east. Um, and then she was actually going directly to Spain afterwards for school. 
Um, and it was really a great group. Our chaperones were Eliza Signor Rom and Ashley Perkins, and they were amazing. They really helped us understand everything, and um, it was just the best group. And, you know, we had a lot of fun together, and we learned a lot, so that was really cool. Now, what insights did you glean from the German training system that you were bringing home with you? Um, I think they just have a lot. I think, you know, their breeding programs are really amazing because they've been doing it for hundreds of years. So they obviously produce a lot of top quality horses, and I think that's really inspiring. And I think our uh, U.S. breeding programs are getting there, and it was good to see that we're not too far behind. So we're really working hard. Um, And just their levels of training for the riders, you know, they have the ponies and then the juniors and then the young riders and then up to the under 25 and then finally to the high-performance stuff. So I think kind of following that system is really beneficial for them. Um, And, you know, they take every horse and they believe that any horse they get, they can take to the Grand Prix. And I think that was a really cool mindset because here we're like, oh, maybe they can make third or fourth level, but, you know, they have a horse and, you know, they might not go show the International Grand Prix, but they believe they can train it to the Grand Prix and help better the horse as much as possible. Did you kind of bring that whole mindset back to your horse? How did the trip uh, come, come back to your own training style? Yeah, I think um, just there, I saw a lot of classical training there, so really following the training scale, especially like Klaus Balkenhall was very much into the training scale and everything. So um, I think, you know, it's coming home and working on the basics. And if you have the right ability in the horses, then you're going to be able to do all the movements. So I think sometimes we get a little excited and we kind of train for the shows too much. So seeing all their everyday riding and how sometimes they might take the Grand Prix horses and work on walk trot transitions and stuff like that. So I think just kind of coming back to a little bit of the fundamentals and the very basis of our training, um, that was very neat. And that really kind of helped me come back and think about the specific things I need to work on with each of my horses. Um, And also, you know, just having fun with their horses. All the trainers obviously really loved it. And I think that's what the sport is about. You have to love the horses to um, dedicate your life to this. So um, I think just, you know, renewing your love and passion for it and just having fun with them. Now, did you see any competition uh, when you were there? Yeah, we went to one um, and we got to see some young horse classes, which was very neat. And also some, um, like, it was probably about 34th level classes and everything. Um, and I think we got to see Helen Langa Heidenberg ride a few of her young up-and-coming horses. Um, and once again, just the quality of horses was really, really high. And especially their young horses, their four-year-olds coming up and everything. So that was very inspiring um, to see, you know, maybe we're going to see some of these horses a few years down the road getting ready to debut at the Grand Prix or something. So that was very neat. Um, and just, you know, the mindset of the riders, they were so confident going to the arena and they knew that they could, that they could produce the level of work they needed. So that was very interesting to see. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's not like the U.S. is that far off from reaching that level. So that was very inspirational for me to see that they have a great system, but we're starting to catch up now. And I think the U.S., you know, in a few years is going to start really getting to the um, top of the sport as well. Now, did you notice a difference in the show environment in a German show versus uh, an American show? Um, It was very busy, actually. They had some jumper shows going on um, right next to it, kind of in coordination. So, And uh, there was a ton of kids, like, especially where I am in Arizona, there's not a lot of junior riders, but they had huge classes of kids and ponies, so that was really fun to see the kids having a great time, and they even would group um, 
horses, like the pony riders together, they would do the three or four at a test at a time. They just follow each other because they were so busy. So it was really neat to see how many kids had the passion for the sport. Um, and so, yeah, it was a very busy show, um, pretty big, uh, and just a great environment. Everybody seemed like they were enjoying themselves. It wasn't too stressful. So it was really neat. So by any chance did this kind of inspire you to go train in Europe or did it change your feeling about training here in America with someone? Yeah, I think um, I would like to train in Europe at some point. I'm only 17 right now, so probably in the next few years. Um, But I also don't think that you necessarily need to train in Europe like you used to have to. I think, you know, before it was almost a necessity to have to go to Europe to be able to make it in the sport. And now it's like we have so many great trainers here that if you wanted to stay at home, you could, and you could still get the best training that's out there. Um, But I think just the whole equestrian community is so much bigger there, and it's just very beautiful, and all the horses are amazing. So I would like to go there just for the experience of that and getting exposed to um, all of the German training systems and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Now, do you have any advice to somebody who's thinking about applying to the um, equestrian, the Olympic Dreams program? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, for the application, really just um, follow the instructions to a T and make sure that you do your best possible, you know, really show them that you want it because they like to choose people that they feel really um, deserve a spot and are really going to try to take what they learned and also share it with others. So it's not only a trip for yourself, but you're going to take what you learned and help other people uh, get the same knowledge that you did. Um, and, you know, I would say even, like, the, I actually applied last year, and I was in the top 10, but I didn't make it to the program, so I applied again. So even if you don't get picked the first time, keep applying as many times as you can because it shows that you have that dedication and that drive and you really want to do it, and I think they appreciate that. Well, that is great advice, and um, I hope everyone will apply. It sounds like a phenomenal program, and, and we've talked with Melissa from the Dressage Foundation, and they really have some great programs to really help people uh, achieve their dreams. So we look forward to seeing you uh, in competition, and good luck with everything. Thank you. And, yeah, I just want to thank the Dressage Foundation and everyone there. They've really given me a lot of great opportunities, and um, I think they're really great for this sport, and I think they've done a lot, and so we all owe them a big thank you. So this week, Philip and I are going to do the trainer tip, and uh, we actually got an email from a listener uh, about her horse. She sent us a video, and we are happy to take a look at and, and talk about on the air any questions that you have. So this is the first recent Philip trainer, trainer tip, and um, Philip really at the end of the day, this horse did not want to go forward. So he was kicking at her leg, and he just seemed unhappy. Um, she did ha- she had had a veterinarian look at the horse. She had a, a plan with her vet, um, which I always think is important because you always yeah, I think need that's to a good sure. point. I mean, she yeah. said she had checked him out and tried a couple yeah. things on him, but you know, uh, the vet had also concluded that this was more of a training issue. So I think you know that's a great starting point for us to be able to talk about this. I mean, and and when I when I, I looked at the video as well, and uh, you know, I I didn't think the horse was as bad as what the email said. You know, I was expecting a, a real problem horse, but I mean, for me, he was going in a in a fairly nice training level frame. You know, getting started in his dressage career, but a little behind the leg and in, and really in need of uh, of some engagement or you know the hind legs working a little bit harder to to push the horse a little bit more. Would you Would you agree? 
Absolutely. I think that that was that was where she was. And and it, I agree. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, we think or, or even as trainers, we see horses go every day and we think we see something get worse or something get better. Um, and we think it's maybe worse than it actually is. So it's good to sometimes bring an outside person in a friend or, or in this case us. Um, you know, basically, when she put her leg to, on this horse to go forward, he would pin his ears and, and want to buck a little and he, it was more just lifting the hind leg. He wasn't really kicking out, but that is definitely something that could progress onward. So, um, and I'll just start. If you were in my barn, you know, I think one of the things that we do with horses that are behind the leg is we aren't attentive to the fact that they're behind our leg. So, um, you know, one of the things that we always practice is when you put your leg on your horse, you should get a reaction. And sometimes it gets to the point where sort of this horse was where you put your leg on and you put your leg on again and the horse kicks out a little bit. Well, for me, we like to have a light leg aid and then you need to give the aid until the horse goes forward. So sometimes they may buck, they may kick out a little bit, but you really have to be a little bit brave or get someone on the horse that's a little bit brave to sort of go through that point. And that is, you know, when I say to go forward, I really mean it. And so that may be that you need to use a little whip. You need to use a little spur. Um, of course not be abusive, but you know, the horse has to understand that when you ask the horse to go forward, he has to go forward. So I would, uh, ask this rider to go on the long side, put their leg on nicely, how you want to train the horse. So it's a light leg aid, just a light pressure. If he doesn't respond, use her leg and or the whip until the horse gives a forward response. And once the horse gives a forward response, let him go forward. Be careful not to hit him in the mouth. Be careful that your seat structure is good and pet the horse and then repeat repeat that. And after a while, the horse will understand, okay, I need to go forward to the leg. Philip, how would you attack it? Attack I mean, I, that's, that's, you know, in principle, really the, the, the way through through the problem or how you want to how you want to fix it. Um, you know, if I were to ride the horse, I'm fairly brave. And, and, you know, if he gives me a little trouble, then I I don't mind, you know, and, and I never, you know, what's important is that you don't get aggressive with this thing because it can snowball and get bad. But, you know, when you, when you use the whip, I give the the horse a tap. If he doesn't react, I just tap him again. I'm not going to come in and, and, you know, because you don't want this problem to, to get worse, but you also have to be patient and, and, and insist that it gives uh, gives a response. Now, when I work with riders, and I maybe a rider that I see every once in a while, and they, they don't have regular help or somebody to really push them through this problem, then I think you have to kind of get creative in ways to to deal with the issue, but maybe not attack it or, or attack the horse. And and I find this 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 horse I think is a thoroughbred, or has a lot of thoroughbred in him. Um, and for these types of horses, they have to, you know, they're better in the canter than in the trot. So I try and teach them in the canter, you know, this is the aid and, you know, the horses may be more willing to go forward in the canter than the trot, teach them the aid in the canter, you know, about going forward and then come back and deal with the trot, you know, after doing some canter. I think, you know, with certain horses, you know, you can make the point in a gate that they're more comfortable in, um, or even sometimes a little bit in the walk, just teaching the response, the correct response to the whip rather than, or, and the leg, rather than this horse that, you know, when, when you bring the whip or the leg, that it's just very much in a, in a, in a, in a bad way at the moment. So, um, that's, that's my advice here. And anything else to add to that, Reese? 
Yeah. And I, I love the idea of being creative. I mean, I think also sometimes a little Cavaletti or even a little jump, uh, trot that, that kind of pushes, yeah, too. trot yeah. poles could, could help because you're pushing the horse to something that they understand. And, and I think sometimes it is an understanding, um, you know, and, and also, you know, you may be better off, uh, it was, it looked like winter in Australia. Um, so I don't know what the footing was like, but even trying to maybe teach the horse outside of the ring, uh, is also a very good way to go and do. Um, and so I, I love the idea of being creative. Um, and I think, you know, whenever in training you have an issue, you need to be careful that you can you can get to the other side, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, that you can de- that you can deal with what you're about to create, or you know, if you're trying to fix a problem, that it doesn't get worse or bad enough that the rider is gonna is gonna back down. I mean, and and that just requires you know somebody really with you or helping you on you know on the ground or or somebody you can go to to uh, to help you. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So I hope that helps. Uh, and again, we loved we loved the, the email and we like having things to talk about and, and trainer tips. And this is this is a very this is an issue that that a lot of people face. And uh, so it is an interesting topic. So thank you again uh, yeah, for sending I've that in. I've seen so many horses with this, you know, and then the horse wasn't really being that bad or exploding mm-hmm. or anything, just a little bit maybe some confusion about what the aid means or so you know, having some trouble with it. So yeah, exactly. I think that uh, I wish her luck, and I think she can. You know that this is a good horse, and you can get through the problem for sure. Yeah, he was very cute. So I I agree with you. So, uh, but again, feel free to send the uh, other other issues in because we're happy to talk about them and do a recent Philip trainer tip. I feel like we need music <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, where's so, our theme music? Yeah. I know we need theme music. We can Glenn? arrange that. We'll get you. Yeah, some we okay. need Glenn, theme, music. theme music for when we theme do music training. For our dramatic music. or or uh, heavy rock or acid or uh, punk. Uh, or, I don't know. I don't know. We'll That's your maybe this will be our yeah. only trainer tip though. Maybe <laughs> yeah, nobody else will send one. something in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goodness. So, Philip, do you have anything exciting coming up this weekend? Um, no, there's a provincial championship show. I'm going to go and uh, do some coaching for some great riders. I, um, I hope they would do well and, uh, it should be fun, you know, oh, that'd be great. kind of some of the last shows of the year going on. So it should be great. And you, um, what's, what's going on with Reese? Well, we have, um, we have a wonderful park here in Lexington and if anyone's in the area, it's called Masterson Station Park and uh, we happen to have a work day. So uh, a lot of the girls and I from the barn are going to go to Masterson and help clean up. It's, it's one of the only parks in the United States you can go and they have a cross country course and they have facilities, uh, dressage rings. Oh gosh, they have four or five dressage rings and uh, jumps and, uh, and a 12 acre dog park. In a 12-acre dog park. Oh. It's a wonderful park. And Glenn used to live right next to the park. And uh, so they have a, a nice cleanup day over the weekend. So that should be lots of fun. And, um, you know, it's always fun to do something for the community. So that's what we have going on on Saturday. We're going to go clean up. We will probably be on the dressage rings. That's what I'm thinking is my team will, will you know, um, paint and, and take care of the rings. So it should be fun. That sounds good. Yeah. So you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like, like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. 
like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Did, did I plug, have I plugged the driving show yet? No. So. Tell us about host, the driving show. I also host the driving radio show with Dr. Wendy Ying, who is a veterinarian and traditional Chinese medicine doctor and just a lot of fun. And uh, we host the driving radio show sponsored by the American Driving Society. And you can find that at horseradionetwork.com. We have a ton of people who listen to that show who aren't drivers just because it's fun. So give it a try. And I'm making my debut back on Horses in the Morning. When, when, when? I am coming on Monday at 9.30, everybody. Horses in the Morning. How do we find the show, Glenn? Just go to horsesinthemorning.com, and you can listen live or recorded later in the day. But Reese is going to be on doing another Cooking with Reese segment. I'm so excited. (laughs) I can't wait. Recipe from Reese. Reese's recipe. Oh, I like that. Reese's recipe. And um, I think we're going to have to do a fall theme. It's starting to get kind of fall-like up here. And and I love fall in Kentucky. It's the best time. So uh, we are going to have to do some sort of recipe. So listen on Monday. It's going to be great. And it will also be good to have you back again, Reese. I know. I thought you weren't going to ask me anymore. That'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited to have you back. It's been a while. <laughs> it has you were been getting a while. this other little show going in the meantime. Yeah, we were, so. we were busy. <laughs> we're so, working uh, hard, yeah. Yeah, but everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we can't wait to he- talk to you next week. Bye.